Podcast One Production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thank you for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 4th of December. Sydney is on alert again with thousands of public transport passengers urged to self-isolate after a hotel quarantine worker tested positive to COVID-19. New South Wales Health says the woman who worked at two CBD hotels travelled from southwestern Sydney to Darling Harbour via the train and light rail services. Now there are concerns that fellow passengers may have been exposed. The positive case ends a 26-day streak in New South Wales of no locally acquired infections and has pushed the state's hopes of eliminating COVID-19 into the new year. Here's New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. This is a very serious situation, but one at this stage we feel uh, we're managing. In relation to the easing of restrictions on Monday, the best and most recent advice I've received is that there is no change to what we're proposing to do on Monday. However, I do stress that this is an evolving situation. It's not known at this stage if the worker contracted the virus from an infected guest at the hotel. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has the details. Yeah, Tash, contact traces here in Sydney are scrambling to figure out how a woman who worked at two Sydney hotels caught coronavirus as thousands of people are forced to self-isolate. The woman from Sydney's southwest worked at the Novotel and nearby Ibis in Darling Harbour while potentially infectious, ending our state's 26-day streak of no locally acquired cases. Genomic sequencing is now being carried out to work out if the case is linked to a traveller at the Novotel, but our health officials admit there's no smoking gun on how she contracted it, as it appears she didn't have any direct contact with an overseas traveller. Meantime, health alerts are out for thousands of people who caught trains between Minto and Central, as well as the light rail between Central and Darling Harbour last week. They're being urged to self-isolate and immediately get tested until further notice. And a big question on everyone's minds right now, will restrictions still be eased because we were promised a return of dance floors? Our Health Minister Brad Hazard has told the project it's a bit of a wait and see, but for now they are going ahead as planned. We're thinking that uh, we'll still be able to proceed, but over the next couple of days we'll have some clarity, particularly once those genomic studies come back. There are now concerns the setback may affect borders in both Queensland and WA reopening in the lead-up to Christmas. We'll have more on this shortly. Meantime, overseas now and the virus is continuing to spiral out of control, with the United States recording its deadliest day since the pandemic began, with more than 2,800 people dying overnight, while hospitalisations have increased to more than 100,000 in just one day. And Dr Robert Redfield, the head of the US Centre for Disease Control and Prevention, says unfortunately he fears the situation is set to get worse. But the reality is December and January and February are going to be rough times. I actually believe they're going to be the most difficult time in the public health history of this nation, uh, largely because of the stress that it's going to put on our healthcare system. More than 270,000 people have already died in the US from COVID. And as the rush continues to roll out a vaccine, three former US presidents, including Barack Obama, George W. Bush and Bill Clinton, have all volunteered to get their jabs on TV to help prove its safety. 
Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning. As we reported earlier, the Western Australian government is watching developments in New South Wales very closely after a new positive COVID case. Plans to reopen the WA border to New South Wales on Tuesday are being reviewed while contact tracing is underway. Perth reporter Claire Baskus has more. The Premier says he won't hesitate to keep WA sealed off from New South Wales should the Chief Health Officer decide the COVID situation in Sydney is a threat. Mark McGowan has kept the most conservative borders in the country throughout the pandemic and the fallout from an infected hotel quarantine worker in Sydney has his full attention. But he's giving contact tracers time to get a full picture of the situation before any decision is made on the current plans to reopen the border on Tuesday. If there is an outbreak over east, you treat it on a case-by-case basis. So uh, we'll just see how big it is, uh, how many people are involved, whether they have it under control before we make a final decision. I expect that will be over the weekend. Police have charged a woman with murder and arson after a house fire in Melbourne which claimed three lives, including a newborn. James Lake has more. Thank you, Tash. A 46-year-old woman has faced court overnight, charged with murder and arson after Wednesday morning's horror Point Cook house fire. Now, the blaze claimed the lives of a young couple and their three-week-old baby while neighbours watched on, unable to save them. Jenny Hayes is the woman accused of starting that fire, but the exact relationship between she and the victims hasn't been disclosed. Hayes was remanded in custody and goes back to court on March the 1st next year. To Queensland now and marine conservationists are outraged. The Great Barrier Reef's outlook has been downgraded to critical, calling for decisive action. Our reporter Amy Drew has the details. Hey Tash, well the International Union for Conservation of Nature has escalated the reef's status to the worst possible rating in a new report, naming climate change as a severe threat to the natural wonder. We spoke to Elise Springett from the Australian Marine Conservation Society about it and she says the reef is at a very high risk of a major bleaching event very soon and there'll be dire consequences for many sectors if officials continue to sit on their hands. Once again, yet another report showing us that the time to act is now, that the reef desperately needs urgent action on both climate change and water quality in order to protect this fantastic resource. We really cannot wait any longer. This is the crucial decade for action on climate change and we need to ensure that we're doing everything we can. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. And Effie, good morning. The home builder scheme has been crucial in the property market. Yes, good morning, Tash. It does look like the home builder program has helped fuel the property market. Now, figures that were released yesterday by the Australian Bureau of Statistics actually showed commitments for the construction of new dwellings was the largest contributor to the rise in October's own occupied housing loan commitments. It was up about 10.9%. And the total value of new loan commitments rose 0.7% to just over $22 billion. Now, we've got to remember the Home Builder Scheme was only recently extended for another three months to the 31st of March 2021. But if you do sign a building contract after January 1, you're only going to receive $15,000. That's uh, uh, instead of the $25,000 that's on offer for anything signed before the end of this year. 
Um, on a positive note to that, though, price caps will go up for those in Victoria and New South Wales. So the government will raise the property price caps uh, from 750000 to 850000 in Victoria and 950000 in New South Wales. So making it a little bit more affordable. Uh, in all other states, it's about 750000 And this does come off the back, Tash, of uh, SQM's boom and bust property research report uh, by Louis Christopher, one of the most kind of respected forecasters out there. Essentially, it was good news, and that's thanks to aggressive stimulus, low interest rate cuts, and changes to uh, responsible lending laws. Based on their base case scenario, which expects JobKeeper to be extended, what they're saying is that uh, we can expect property prices to rise between five and nine percent, with City being uh, with uh, Perth, sorry, not Sydney, being the um, outstanding performer, followed by Sydney and Adelaide. But he did give one little warning, which it was only a small one, but it stood out for me. And that was, are we always going to expect property prices to just keep going up, up, up um, because the government steps in? And if we do, that's a concern. It is indeed. And also on the horizon, new car sales are surging. Effie, what's behind the increase? Yeah, look, it looks like we've all come out of lockdown and brought ourselves a new car. So <laughs> now that's, that's according to Car Advice's report, and that's off the back of figures released yesterday by the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries. Now, November was the first monthly sales gain in 31 months. That's for new cars. Um, we bought about 95 thousand cars. That's what was reported as sold in November. And that's an increase of over 12% compared to the same month last year. Now, we knew secondhand cars were on fire, but now it seems like new cars are there. The top selling car, if you are interested, it is the Toyota Hilux Ute, up 33%. But I also found interesting that the Land Cruiser Wagon and the Toyota Parado was up there, impressive sales. And as they point out in the report, it's probably got a lot to do with Aussies planning to holiday at home instead of, you know, not being able to go on international holidays. So wanting something bigger to move around. The great camping trip. That's what they're doing with their utes. Now, Effie, the share market continues. <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> <laughs> the share market continues its run, but the, the high dollar is a bit of a concern, though. Yeah, it is. Look, so the share market has, has had a great run. We've only three days into December, but there have been three straight days of gains. And yesterday it closed at 6,615 points, up about 0.4% and just off about 547 points of its all-time high in February 20, um, b- before the pandemic hit the uh, share market. And the gains were thanks to resource stocks that lifted. They were lifted by the commodity prices with oil prices rising on the drop of the US supply. And the big winners were, you know, the usual ones, the the Fortescue Metals Group up 13.3%. It's at a record high sitting at $20.65. BHP was up. Rio Tinto gained as well. But as you pointed out, the Aussie dollar continues to climb higher. Now, it's now buying more than 74 US cents. It's at a 28-month high. And while this may be good news, if you're looking for a pair of, say, uh, US jeans online, you know, a $100 pair of jeans, you can now pick them up for around $30 less. It's not good news for the economy. It actually, you know, runs counter to what the Reserve Bank of Australia is trying to do, and that is suppress the dollar below the 70-cent mark in order to boost our uh, exports. Effie, thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Thank you. (laughs) 
Time to check sport now this Friday morning with Tony Squires. Good morning, Tony. Now to cricket first, the short form of the game gets a bit shorter tonight. Yeah, Tash, we move on from the one day to the T20. Australia, of course, hoping to maintain that domination. Even though it's a really young side, was beaten by India in the third one-day uh, international on Wednesday. The debut numbers, as any of you saw, may not look spectacular, but uh, good judges do reckon we found something special in all-rounder Cameron Green. He was good. Uh, but tonight, Darcy Short, he looks to be the man to take over from Davey Warner in that first T20. That, that's significant. He's one of only six Aboriginal men to represent Australia at the highest level in the sport. And tonight's team will wear the first ever Indigenous strip. And on top of that... He's a gun with the bat. How good is that? And talking about yeah. good news, we have a start date for the Australian Open, Tony. Yeah, finally. February 8, just a couple of weeks later than usual. That's pretty amazing given the logistics in this pandemic world. Now we just have to wait and see how many of the superstars actually accept the conditions they'll face. The players, they'll be able to quarantine and practice at the same time but it'll be hotel quarantine rather than hanging out in some ritzy private home with the tennis court. I quite, I quite like the idea of billeting <laughs> players like, like we used to do at school. In the old but, days. Yes, exactly. Sadly, that's not going to happen. Oh, Now, I'm talking about old days, an old head yeah. is set to return to the Wallaby team for the final Tri-Nations test. Yeah, James O'Connor has definitely been missed in the number 10 shirt. Look, we're not going to win the Tri-Nations trophy, Natasha, uh, unless we somehow roll Argentina by 100. But it's important for Dave Rennie and his squad to finish on a high. The Pumas have been caught up in some really ugly controversy at the back end of what's been a good tour for them. But an old-fashioned clobbering is what the Wallabies have to deliver tomorrow night. Cruel but fair. Fingers and toes crossed. Happy Friday, Tony. Have a great weekend. You too. Checking the weather details around the country this Friday as we head into the beautiful weekend. Possible late showers or storms on the way for Brisbane today, a top of 32. 28 and mostly sunny today for Sydney. Sunny conditions also on the way for Melbourne and Canberra, 23 and 29 degrees expected there for both capital cities. Morning shower or two on the way for Hobart, a top of 20 degrees. Sunny and 33 for Adelaide. Partly cloudy conditions for Perth with a top of 24 on the way and a shower or two expected for Darwin this Friday with a storm expected also and a top of 35 degrees. And how is this for a feel-good Friday story in the lead-up to Christmas? A shopper has paid off around $16,000 worth of customer laybys at a local toy store on the Gold Coast. The random act of kindness carried out by a woman aged in her 30s, she reportedly told staff at the shop she did it because everyone has had such a tough year. Alana Loadsman was one of the very lucky customers to benefit and she told Seven it's an incredible way to end 2020. It's been such a year of highs and definitely lows, so to end on such a high, you know, so grateful and not just from me, I'm sure, but all the hundreds of families that she helped. What a beautiful act of kindness. Well done. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed every weekday morning from 6.30am. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you on Monday.